Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. Yo. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related. It is the internationally acclaimed Cindy Crawford approved podcast of hops, high fives, and friendship. Uh, I am your host, weighing in at 0.097 metric tons of fun, the beast of the yeast, Christmas Maximus. I haven't still haven't thought of a third one that like nice finishing sauce on on uh, those names. Yeah, you have this space like yeah. right before your just name there. that's just been empty. Real hitting a real, uh, you know, creative block there. Writer's block. It's okay. It happens. Anyway, I'm Tom. <laughs> and I'm your other host, the Hot Master General, Grandmaster of Malt, the Royer's Ford Rattlesnake. It is the Royer's Ford Rattlesnake. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You got to start throwing me a beer every time we do that. I know, right? We haven't done it. <laughs> and we, we've done this for what, like 10 episodes already? This is like our third episode of. Oh, the stream, yeah. yeah. So now with the stream, we should definitely be throwing a beer to me. Yeah, I've definitely, for sure. All right, everybody. And we are the best, best friends podcast in the world. Now we're going to nail it this time, Dan. Hit the music. Got it. That's not the song? It's not the one, Dan. This is the one you sent me in the this text. Is not the one. I did not send you black box everybody everybody. I thought this was the no. one you sent. Come on. Dan. We're supposed to get us and our guests hyped. Yeah. To do the podcast. I don't know about you. I'm hyped. This is not it's not it's not it. And um if you notice, it's cut off at 30 seconds. So we do not get copyright claimed on YouTube again. Yeah, because suck at YouTube. That was a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> Fuck you, YouTube. Um, now we're getting cut off. I just, I, for using songs from 30 years ago, we get <laughs> copyright. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, we're the best best friends podcast in the world. Dan, we'll probably not nail it next week, but we can try. We'll try. Well, just text me again. You texted we'll this exact we, well, song. Uh, okay. All right, all right, we won't get into right, it now, all right, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. People don't want to watch us argue here. Okay? No. I think they kind of do. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Um, all right, everybody. So um, we're the best, best friends podcast in the world. Remember, subscribe, rate, review. Um, subscribes for you. I mean, it helps us with the algorithm, I guess. Um, uh, ratings and reviews, five-star party. Give us a review. We've told you before. We'll tell you again. Give us a good review. Uh, best review in Dan and I's eyes in the uh, at the end of the month. We'll win a, a little, little little care package. Yeah, little beer, and uh, yeah, we'll send you a little care package of beer. Have we gotten any? We have. We did. Yeah, we have oh, one. We have one. Okay, we have one. So he's winning by default right now. Ah oh, man. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll send you some beer. Um, whether you live in uh, PA or not, suck it, Tom Wolf. <laughs> um, so yeah, leave your ratings, reviews, and uh, you know, get some free beer. It's not that hard. 
We're it, giving away free beer. Free beer, and we'll ship All it All you here. have to do is write a review. It doesn't even have to be a good review. It just a, doesn't even have to be a nice one. Just We'll find some good, non-copyrighted music for me to read a scathing review to. Like some sad music. Some sad, royalty-free music. Yeah, I don't think I have any Incredible Hulk music on Yeah, we don't anymore. have it anymore. Oh, no, I do. You do? That's what Dan, Dan will... Best Best Friends podcast. And I'll... You hitch, are hitch the hike. worst podcast about craft beer that I've little, ever listened to. My little bag around my back. I'll be hitchhiking. <laughs> I'll just sit Do here my like best this. Lou Ferrigno. I, I feel like All we right. have to introduce the people who have been giggling at I our jokes we, this whole time. I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So they, they've been sitting there in that little screen just waiting to come in. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're joined today. We're going back. We're 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 back to spot. It's been a couple of episodes since we've had a brewery. on. Yeah. 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 So we're, going, we're going back to our brewery roots um, and we are joined today by Todd and Laura Lacey, the owners of Attic Brewing Company located in Germantown, PA, the Germantown section of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot. Whoa. So uh, glad we could keep you entertained for the past four and a half minutes. Um, we didn't know we were supposed to come prepared with intro music. <laughs> <laughs> you know... It's not uh, it's not a, requ- a requirement, but it is an added bonus. Yeah. Ours would be um, salt and pepper push it. Oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yes, keeping with the early 90s theme. I like it. That would have been nice. <laughs> Maybe we could have had like a, a challenge where we were playing everybody and they just bring that in. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Just switch it back. Yeah, just a battle. I like it. You like it. Yeah, keep that in battle mind. Battle of the intro. Keep, keep that, that in mind. Yeah, yeah, back pocket. All right. Um, so we're going to get into uh, to tasting some of their beer. Uh, talking about some in, some of the happenings going on at uh, in Attic Brewing. Um, I'm excited. I yeah. have yet to try Attic Brewing, so I'm really excited yeah, for this same podcast. Here. Um, so we're going to get into that. Uh, but before we do, um, we just wanted to talk about uh, something that I brought up to Dan recently. Um, just a little pitch that I have. We're trying to we're trying to branch out. You know, we're We've we've conquered the podcast world. We've conquered the craft Easily. beer world. Easily. Um, new no work, contest. We're, we're starting to conquer the the Twitch world. Um, I'm selling my bathwater after every episode. Yeah, like feet pics are just flying yeah. out of my phone. Gamer guys love me. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, <laughs> um, it, I sending a lot of underwear over to Japan. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's like the reverse. I, I don't know yeah. what it is. Anyway, we don't know where the where the you know popularity is coming from but so i felt like our next uh creative outlet should naturally be hollywood hollywood right oh, definitely so i i've been trying to think of ways to pitch a good movie to um a good movie to hollywood and dan what what's the best movie of all time well sir that's dirty dancing absolutely dirty dancing jennifer gray uh <laughs> Patrick Swayze? Nobody puts baby in a corner? Come on. Jerry Orbach. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. That's some deep, that's some dirty knowledge right there. Lenny Briscoe, baby. Yeah. Law and order. <laughs> um, so we, we, you know, it, it's the best movie of all time. Um, and we wanted to do some kind of homage to it. So I thought, why not just make a shot for shot, line for line remake of Dirty Dancing? Yeah. You can't. 
you can't do better than the best. It just, it, it can't do it. So you got to yeah. do an homage. We it's can't, like, we can't change a single right, word right. of the movie. The problem is Patrick Swayze is no longer with us. RIP big man. Um, He's helping me make clay pots. Yeah. Um, beyond the grave. So we need somebody to replace Patrick Swayze. And Jerry Orbach. And, well, Rest in peace. Buddy. Yeah. I mean, that's not as pressing as Patrick okay, Swayze, good. but, you know, okay. it, 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 we'll get to it. There, there's going to have to be some recasting done. It's just going to have to happen. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, so naturally, I thought of the only person that could possibly replace Patrick Swayze. Who's that? Glenn Danzig. Oh, I'm sold. All right. So we have Glenn Danzig and he's playing Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig as himself in Dirty Danzig. I love it. Right? You Perfect. sent me you sent me this text and I went, Well, I, I'm sold. I mean Perfect. what do you need from me? Right. So what I need from you is your help with um you know getting this off the ground. And we need the listeners and our viewers. Uh, we need their help getting it off the ground as well. Uh, so this is where everybody comes in with, uh, your subscriptions on Twitch, your donations, um, help us get dirty Danzig off the ground. You know, we have our connect. I have my connections in the, the Hollywood movie entertainment world. Um, and it's really just, we need Glenn Danzig. I mean, that's really the the big thing. That's yeah, where all your you money's going to go. You can't cast somebody as yeah. Glenn Danzig. No, you can, Danzig, Clearly. there's only one Glenn Danzig. There is no imitation. Um, I mean, writing the script isn't going to cost any money because I'm just going to copy and paste the the whole original script. Um, you know, Jennifer Grey, she's not doing anything. She'll do it for, you know, a a Greyhound bus ticket out, out to Hollywood. I still think she's just holding out for that Back to the Future sequel. Yeah. Well, nobody happen. wants to cast her once she got her nose job. Yeah. No, you know, that was a thing. That was a thing. She lost a lot of work because she got a nose job. It's crazy. Um, Hollywood's an awful place. Um, but yeah, so anyone who wants to subscribe or donate to our Twitch, I promise you all of your money will go towards making Dirty Danzig a, a an actual real thing. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll team up with a streaming service. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it on Twitch. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, so there we go. <laughs> All right. So let's get into somatic brewing. Yeah, let's get into this. All right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to start off with uh fast tracker, their session IPA. Um, Dan's going to grab that out of here. We're going to do, yeah, the session IPA. Um, Dan uh, is going to give you a little breakdown of this. Um, I love a great description too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so with that, uh, if you want to follow along with what we're drinking, um, and see what we drank on past episodes, uh, we're pretty much up to date on this, I believe. Yeah. I think we've got four more beers we got to throw in there. I think we're, we're almost at, we hit a hundred beers. So a hundred beers for the podcast. We've been around for a little less than a year. So a hundred beers. Um, so with that, uh, you can follow us on Untapped, the absolute cesspool and dredge of the craft beer world. Um, remove the rating system. Um, it's craft beer MySpace. Yeah, you can follow us on Untapped at Best Best Friends Pod. That's at Best Best Friends P O D. I think podcasts need a little bit more new metal. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys familiar with the band P O D? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a band payable. I can tell on, by their yeah. smiles that they are. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure because if you weren't familiar with them, you'll be familiar with them after this episode. Yep. By the end of this episode, you'll be intimately familiar with POD. Because that was POD drop one of six. Nice. All right. <laughs> um, All right. Dan, tell us about our beer. Okay, great. So we have Attic Brewing's Fast Tracker Session IPA. So this is a hazy session IPA with Citra and Centennial hops and low ABV, 4.4% alcohol by volume. Average rating of untapped. Oh, hype beer, 4.01 on untapped. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I always make the joke that if, it, if it's going to hit around four, it's hype beer. You've passed, you've passed the neck beard test. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Um, so there we go. The session IPA. Ready for that. Ceremonial crack. Ceremonial. Let's do it. All right. We're going to do it in one, two, three. Woo. Beautiful. Wow. That is a uh, citra right on the nose there. Yeah. I took the one that I dropped, Tom. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> Sprayed all over me. It was great. So I, like I mentioned, I, um, I went out and picked up the beers for the episode and, uh, I was asking Laura what, uh, what beers we should do. As soon as she said session IPA, I was like, say no more fam. We're, uh, we haven't done many session IPAs on the podcast. We haven't no. And I'm a big fan of yeah, so many hazy IPAs are those heavy hitters, six, seven percent alcohol. That you know, this one's nice if you like the style. You yeah, when it, it, it's great. It's like um, you know, the Brewers and PA guys just did a uh, a big uh, article on you know what the Brewers, um, you know, a couple of Brewers think the trends were going to be going into 2021. Yeah. Um, and one of the trends that it's, it seems like everyone's kind of hoping for is that low ABV trend, um, yeah. which I am all on board for. Cause yeah, I am tired getting, of drinking. Being a one old for this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into this, this one. Cheers. 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 That is beautiful. Yeah. Wow. As <clears throat> a, a nice citra punch to it. I'm going to bring back something I haven't said on the podcast in a while. Crushable. Oh, super crushable. Super crushable. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got all the haze that you need for your Instagram pictures. Um, <laughs> no wonder it's a four on untapped. No, it does, it, I mean, it's got a nice color to it. Um, it's got a really nice mouthfeel. Uh, and the, you know, the flavor is right on point with a, just a crushable IPA. It's funny that, um, when you told me we were doing a session IPA, I actually like this weekend, I was, you know, I felt a little like drowned in double IPAs after the holiday season, a lot of high ABV, high ABV beers in general over the holiday yeah. season. And I picked up some session IPAs, you know, over the weekend. And then you said, we're doing one for attic. And I went, Oh, that's awesome. I needed something to kind of like refresh my palate a little bit. Yeah, I do. Uh, we, we write some notes for the, for the podcast to kind of keep us in, on track. And uh, I go and do, you know, my untapped research on the beer and get like all the information about it. And when I was like 4.4%, I had to like, I had to go back to my tab and make sure <laughs> I was like, did I get that right? A, a hazy IPA is 4.4%. 
Yeah, even a session at like 4.4, that's, uh, yeah, nailing that low ABV is awesome. I love that, uh, yeah, crushable, sessionable IPA. It's, it. I mean, that's perfectly nails this. It's not super, it's not like overly bitter, um, easy drinker. Yeah. Um, all the flavors are there. It's really enjoyable. What was your, uh, your guys' idea in like marketing this beer here? Is this like, a, is this part of your kind of um, your staple beers for the brewery? We've, we've never had any kind of core or staple beers um, all year. Uh, we tried to always keep something fresh and new and kind of see what, we, what styles we could do. Definitely. Um, and I think 2021, we're going to see a little bit more of that, you know, bringing back some of the, the more most popular ones that we brewed in 2020. This one will probably get brewed a couple of times, especially as we get into the spring and summer. It's like a great beer for that. Um, but yeah, we, we had kind of what you were saying with breweries in PA, kind of trying to figure out what the trends are. I had read an article on low ABV beers and pitched the idea to Todd and Bogdan um, about trying to see if we could do something cool with one. And this one definitely exceeded my expectations. So I think it's going to be one that, that sticks around. Definitely. That's what it kind of gave me that feel when I was drinking it. Like this is something that like if I had a brewery, I would always have as kind of like a staple because it is that easy drinker. And it's like you say, it's crushable. Like if we were doing our summer crusher series again, yeah. this would be a beer oh, I absolutely. would recommend. Yeah, this is definitely like a, a perfect like, So over the summer, we did a, a series of summer summer crushers um, that were like, you know, the ones that you're just slamming in the backyards. We we coined them uh, lawnmower beers. Lawnmower beers, yeah. Yeah, the ones that you can hop on the lawnmower and, and enjoy while you're riding around. Yep. Um, and this one would hit all the all the notes. Of that. Yeah, this ticks all the boxes, Whoa. as my friend Paul Hollywood says on the Great British Bake Off. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I've been waiting to say this ticks all the boxes since I started watching it. I'm like, yep, got it right there. Um, so what was, uh, was there any, um, what was the thought process behind the hop combination? Uh, we've experimented with both types of hops a lot with some of our other beers, but for this one, we kind of wanted to blend a little bit of the new school hops with Citra and then like some old stuff with Centennial to see what happened. And I think you get both of that out of it. It's really cool. Um, I think with the Centennial, you get a nice bitterness out yeah. of it, uh, especially yeah. towards the end. Mm -hmm. Like it's very crushable, but it has just a nice hint of bitterness right at the end to like kind of remind you it's a, yeah, it's an IPA and everything. Yeah. Which you know, a lot of people with their IPAs tend to stop doing these days. Yeah. <laughs> All sweet, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I, I like our, our buddy Ethan, uh, Ethan Buckman from Stickman said it best. It's Name just, drop. Yeah. Every day we stray further from God. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of how I feel with IPAs anymore. It's just, yeah. Every day we stray closer to just drinking orange juice. <laughs> um, so you guys had a, a, you know, a fun weekend. Uh, you celebrated your one year anniversary over, over the weekend. So one congratulations on that. You uh, yeah. picked a hell of a year to start your brewery. I had to say that too. I was yeah. like, man, what hell of a year to start a brewery right there. <laughs> Started off pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us, a tell us a little bit about your first year of, you know, having a, you know, fully operational brewery. Um, it, 
definitely not what we had planned for. Um, it took us four years to get the brewery open. So just opening the doors in January was such a milestone for us. And we were really looking forward to kind of going with the flow, um, kind of going with a lot of plans that we had put in place about how we were going to grow. Um, and then eight weeks in, you know, the pandemic hits, we were not planning on packaging beer. Um, and so in mid January had to immediately kind of Todd and I look at each other and say, are we going to just kind of go on, you know, stay low for 2020 and try to come back in 2021? Or are we going to try to, you know, really push it and grow the brewery? And really personally had to decide if we had enough energy in us to like really hit hard and like dig back in and start a, a whole new business. Um, so we decided to start canning beer. Um, there were some unique challenges with that, um, but- Still are. Yeah, of course there still <laughs> are. But we um, started canning the beer. We use a, an October home brewer hand seamer still today. We did 60, over 65,000 cans last year, oh, one wow. at a time. Um, we started, we knew that, you know, so much of craft beer and like growing your brand is about people visiting your tap room and telling their friends. And so when that shut down, we, we offer free delivery all over Philadelphia and pretty far out into the suburbs. So that took up a lot of our time. And then just partnering with um, Todd and I and Bogdan, Bogdan's our brewer, um, to keep creatively, uh, you know, growing our beer brands and focusing on the quality of the beer and really, I you know, like, kind of um, stepping out as like a great brewery in Philly for the quality of our beer, even though, you know, it wasn't coming from the tap room, but coming in cans. And we started canning the beer with paper labels and it sure as shit looked like homebrew beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, like we're a real brewery, I promise. But, you know, we were selling. People didn't home- care. Though. Yeah, they, didn't they, care. they really didn't care. Um, Some and so, people like those old paper labels. <laughs> um, but just like kind of had to like still put a great quality beer into these cans and, and grow that as well. And probably the thing that we're most proud of is we had, um, there's 16 of us on our team and that kind of worry about you just left your jobs to come work for this new brewery. And then eight weeks later, we're saying, Hey, you might be out of a job. Um, but we didn't have to lay off a single employee. We kept our entire team working. Um, and that for us has been like, the best for us because they transitioned and kept our business alive. So without yeah. them, we would have gone under. Um, but in reverse, we were able to like really push our brand and our business and uh, keep them employed as well. So it was definitely a challenging year, but we're still in the mindset of just keep looking forward. We don't really, I mean, we had the one year anniversary yesterday and it still feels like a week ago. So it's just like constantly looking forward and just kind of keeping, keeping it going. No, that's awesome. I think you made the right turn when you said like, you know, can sales were kind of the way a lot of breweries kept afloat. Um, you mentioned it before, you know, the old school way of thinking for breweries was going to the tap room, having conversations with the employees, um, the owners and the brewers would go out and mingle with people who were there, ask them how the beers are going, like how do they taste? And with the pandemic, the entire industry changed where it's now, it's like can or die. Like you had to get it out yep. there. You have to get it out to the people and have a, either a network of curbside or like you said, you guys are doing delivery and everything too. So those were the things that kind of kept 
you know, breweries afloat. And that's kind of where we started as a podcast was right when that yeah. happened. Yeah, we were, I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast. So we started our podcast probably around the same time you guys started your brewery. I mean, we started January 22nd yeah. of this year. And once once we decided to be a like a craft beer we podcast. tried to be a like comedy podcast but we're just not funny enough <laughs> and we only get funnier as i was bringing more beer to the podcast i would just keep bringing more and more beer over i'm like hey guys we should try this <laughs> so um you know w- once the pandemic happened we were like well shit that's the end of the podcast yep <laughs> um so you can't go to breweries and then you know we've talked about it ad nauseum really like the adaptability of the craft beer industry was really amazing. Just getting, you know, online ordering and curbside, you know, fully up and operational in a matter of, you know, weeks. Just impressed with the the whole uh, craft beer community. That ingenuity of craft breweries has a lot to do with how craft breweries work together um, because I kind of alluded to it. The plan was not to do the homebrew hand seamer, but I ordered the wrong seamer for the cans. We're going to do crowlers. <laughs> We're going to do crowlers. And this 16 yeah. ounce thing shows up in a pallet of crowlers. And I was like, uh oh. So, <laughs> you know, I just got on a text message with Tess, who owns Triple Bottom, and was like, I really fucked up today. And uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do. And she was like, I have a pallet of 16 ounce cans we're not using come over and grab them and started doing 16 ounce cans. But we've constantly reached out to other breweries and they've reached out to us about what, you know, people who weren't canning, like, how are you printing your labels? What are you doing? Or where are you getting cans from right now? There's a, if customers don't know, there's a can shortage an aluminum shortage and we've run out of cans and borrowed and shared what we have with other people. And it's just been um, a lot of working together to like, we're all in the same boat. Like, That's very cool. It doesn't help any of us when, when we're like not able to make it. So yeah, I mean, all the hardworking uh, brewery owners and brewers and employees yeah, who just like guys. work together yeah. and, and help us all succeed. And honestly, I feel like it, not just the podcast, but almost like this, the pandemic has helped me discover more breweries that I probably would not have discovered Definitely. before. Like I would have never heard of attic, you know, until, you know, I, you know, probably would have come across it eventually. But I mean, we heard about you guys through, <laughs> <laughs> we heard you guys about you guys through a, a sticker. Yeah. Our buddy brought us a sticker <laughs> and we were like attic. Yeah. And the, and it made us look you guys up and we we're like, all right, well, hell, we got to. I'm a sucker for good yeah. can art or just good art in general for a brewery. So I was um, doing you're talking about brewery stickers. I was doing deliveries last week and it was just as the owner. If I'm doing deliveries, something went wrong that week. So like <laughs> I'm out there doing deliveries and I'm in traffic. It's five o'clock and I'm stopped behind this minivan. And the whole back of it is covered with brewery stickers. And I'm like, we deliver here. Like, how do I get this person to know that I deliver beer here? And I'm like, holy hell, they have an attic brewing sticker on the back. <laughs> I was like, got a little emotional. I was like, this is why. Uh, thank you. And I wanted to like honk and have them pull over and <laughs> go their way. But it, it just like was crazy how stickers and breweries go together. But it made my day, whoever's minivan that was in Orland, PA. <laughs> Um, 
yeah, I, I got a, I, you know, I, I got the opportunity to go out to your guys, uh, to, bre- to the brewery and, uh, Laura was nice enough to show me around. Um, and I gotta say like I, yours is probably one of the ones that I'm more excited to go visit once that's a thing again. Um, because your, your spot is awesome. Like you're, you guys are kind of tucked away back there, but you have a great, cool you know you have the exposed brick behind you and yeah i'm looking at it right you now. have the big doors and uh you know i'm i'm a, I'm a bit of a sucker for deke's barbecue so you know that's a that's an <laughs> uh an added plus there um yeah. but you guys you know there's a history in your building like laura has like you know a, a whole story to tell about the the building that that you guys have um and it's really cool uh and i know from uh from reading the website that Todd, you're a bit of a, a history nerd, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you have a, a good bit of knowledge into the building. As much as I can, yeah. It used <laughs> to be an old pencil factory, which dates back to the 1890s, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the Blydestel Pencil Factory, which I guess was a huge pencil manufacturing company. Taken, that, years taken out by the Dixon Ticonderoga Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an awesome spot. You guys have a cool, very cool bar, um, a huge, I mean, you, yeah, it's a very large space. Um, you know, you kind of wouldn't get it from the outside, but you know, walking in, you get, you have a large space. It looks like you guys can do a really good socially distant kind of like dine-in setting back there just from looking. Yeah. Yeah. We were, it's one of those things that we're like learning lessons now. Um, we wanted it to feel very the building is super industrial. So we wanted it to feel a little bit more cozy and try to bring in as much wood as we could. Um, but we ended up going with real kitchen tables. Um, so it has a, a lot of people sit down and, uh, you know, they're comfortable. The kitchen table in people's home is usually a gathering spot, family okay. dinners, holidays, stuff like that. But they're a little bit large for uh, pandemic seating. Uh, so okay. it's the perfect fit right now. We could do 25 capacity. It's 24 people for us. So it works. But when we were at 50%, they're a little bit oversized to be able to separate them out. To try that, to move them around. Much. No, that makes sense. But so um, I don't know if you, if you ever been to McSorley's Ale House in New York. So uh, oldest yeah. part of the country. Yeah, I have. Yes. So they, it's kind of one of those places that it's tight, but it's cozy at the same mm-hmm. time. So hopefully after the pandemic, we can uh, get a little bit smaller tables and fit some more people in. Um, but we had a custom built bar from um, Philadelphia Salvage. And then the back bar is really a, a talking point. We were going to have it where this was this way, but the lighting wasn't working. But it's a 130 year old bar. Oh. It was originally in Camden, New Jersey. We connected with um, uh, Architectural Antiques Exchange on 2nd Street here in Philly. He had heard about our brewery opening and um, kind of hooked us, not hooked us up. It was still very expensive, but <laughs> they uh, specialize in antique back bars. This one was sitting in a garage. It was almost in pristine condition. They held it for us and then um, brought it out, put it all back together. And uh, it's like this big, beautiful old bar that makes you feel like, you know, we've been here for a little while. Yeah, awesome. it, it's cool because they have you have part of your operation right next to the bar and it's kind of out there where, you know, if you're in the brewery, you know, having a beer or sitting at a table, like you can see the guys working 
you know, in, you know, on the process of making beer. And it's, you know, a lot of breweries have some way where you can kind of see where yeah. uh, the operations go on, but that's like right there. They, you know, it's part of that floor, you know, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> it's very unique, I think for, I you know, all the breweries that we've been to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You see a lot of the breweries we go to have like a glass, like a glass partition or something. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are kind of like in the mix with like the crowd, which is kind of cool to see too. Yeah. Um, it, there's probably no secret that Ted and I were craft brewery fans before we ever opened a brewery. So a lot of <laughs> the 400 breweries we visited, we would just take notes on what our favorite parts are. And then we kind of went back to that list when we were designing our own tap room to be like, what it was to have the brew house in view, be able to see the brew house. <laughs> awesome. We love sitting at the bar. So we have 40 seats at the bar, like all those things. God, I miss so. sitting at a bar. I, I think about that so often, like, man, I miss just like, I don't want to sound like bar. an alcoholic, but it's like, sometimes I'm like, man, I really do miss like saddling up. Yeah. It's just something nice about like going in, sitting at the bar, seeing what's on tap, you know, talking getting a, to the bartenders, yeah, talking get, to random people next to you, sitting down, getting a flight, you know, it's yeah, man, I'm getting sad now. Yeah. Cry. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, so Todd has kind of a, an interesting backstory. Um, you're part uh, craft brewery owner, part U.S. National Park Ranger. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> so how, <laughs> how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I'm making it work. But um, yeah, I... My original full-time job that I've had for the last 15 years is working as a National Park Service ranger. And um, since we're new brewery owners, don't don't have a lot of money. Got to keep my original job. Got to so. keep that side hustle going. <laughs> yeah, it's, <still> working. <laughs> it's a full-time hustle. Full-time hustle, yeah. Uh, the brewery is the side hustle. That's <laughs> yeah. um, a cool job. So. Yeah, I mean, that's... I've been two cool jobs. It's, it's, so are you uh like National Park Ranger in Phil like in Philadelphia for some of the uh like the sites and stuff? Yeah, so Independence National Historical Park. Okay. That's where I, so Independence Hall, Liberty Bell. So you day. have you might have kicked me out skating in possibly. There. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very possible. Yep. We, We're in our historical buildings. Oh, no. I'm just, I'm just passing through, man. I'm just passing through. That's what I, that's what I scream when I run away real quickly. <laughs> so how do you, how did, uh, how did Attic ultimately get started? We are not originally from Philly. I'll put that out there. Um, and Todd and I met working at Valley Forge in 2005. We were both um, working for the park service out there. Um, and oh, you definitely kicked me out skating at Valley Forge. <laughs> <laughs> Those brick banks right in the visitor center. Yeah, this guy, this guy definitely did it. <laughs> uh, but we, there was an amazing group of rangers that worked there who homebrewed and really enjoyed craft beer. Um, and I was like fresh out of college, so I didn't know what craft beer was. And we would we both kind of like history a little bit. So we would dress as 18th century soldiers and then camp in the huts at Valley Forge. And then it would be like this amazing craft beer share. Uh, that's and cool. so we'd just be cracking bottles open all night long <laughs> of different beers. 
And um, so that's what got us, got me into craft beer, Todd, a little bit before that. But Todd got into homebrewing with these guys who had been homebrewing for at least a decade or more. Yeah. Um, By that point, we were living in Germantown, but our apartment was uh, in the third floor of this row house, or I guess it was Victorian twin. Twin, yeah. Okay. Which, it's basically the attic, the of, the attic house. of the house. So when we started, when I started homebrewing in the attic, we kind of thought attic was a cool name for our brewery. So, yeah. That's how the, the name came from there. Um, we, we threw like really cool parties and it just had this really cool vibe to it. So it was like nostalgic for us and our friends and, and neighbors who had been to these, you know, like cool gatherings. Yeah. Um, there's also a little business strategy with that, that a lot of the times they rank the breweries alphabetically. So we end up at the top of the uh. list, which has helped us a few times. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Should have named it like a- the first, the first thing comments you see is what's attic brewing company. <laughs> <laughs> you can name it. A, a tick. But, um, he was working for the park service and homebrewing. I was working for a retail company. And then in 2016, I was working at a corporate level and just not enjoying it. Said to Todd, I'm quitting my job on Tuesday. Don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, three weeks later, the craft brewers conference was in Philly and a friend of ours had actually messaged me about it. I looked into it. It was about $3,000 for the two of us to go. We went and just met <laughs> we again we did a lot of traveling to national parks and I'm from Chicago Todd's from um Colorado there's so many breweries that were there already and we were meeting the owners of these breweries that we idolized and loved and they were like if you can do it like just just do it and so after that conference it was like step one like <laughs> where does the money come from <laughs> step two what's your name gonna be and then all the million steps that come after that so um, it was kind of a, a way for us to say we were going to permanently stay in Philly. We loved living in Germantown, so we knew we wanted to come back here. We found this cool spot, and we live here in the neighborhood. Um, and, yeah, just kind of, like, put the plan together. Um, we found it had lots of help along the way from other breweries in Philly. Um, and then Bogdan, who's our brewer, was dating a ranger that Todd worked with. And so we had known him for years and he worked for Trogues at the time when we met him. He went up to Boston and worked for Trillium. He worked for Forest in Maine. The whole time we were trying to get the brewery going, I would always be like, hey, you looking for a job? Like, hey, you want to work for us? And he, he told me no four times. And then um, I think after working for some of the big breweries, he kind of saw like, where his future was going to go and like really long-term planning for himself. And uh, we had a serious conversation about it, got him on board. And um, he has definitely been a, a godsend to us because he is just amazing and so knowledgeable and, and, and really a, a great person to work with. But yeah, when that I, whole thing took four years and then we ended up here. When Sorry. I was there and you, you had mentioned that, uh, that Bogdan worked at, uh, he brewed at North Coast. I started to like get like the, I, I was like holding back, like trying not to nerd out. It's like old Rasputin is my all time favorite beer. And I was like, Oh my God, somebody who's brewed that is right there. I got like awestruck. Oh man. Yeah. You even said it in our text chat. You were like, Oh, wait, wait to you. And like, I knew you were trying to hold it back, but then you just let it out in your text. I'm like, he's in North coast. <laughs> he's had a few beers. He's going to start divulging now. <laughs> 
sometimes I try to be like, do you memorize those recipes? Do you know like how to make <laughs> Mad Elf? Like, do you yeah. like just know? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, nugget, nugget nectar. I don't know. Yeah, yeah tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. too he is too professional to ever blur those lines or cross those boundaries, and um, is too much like pride in his own work and enjoys his own ingenuity to ever like take right. someone else's stuff that way. But the quality yeah. of beer he brews is top notch. We'll wait so. for the much anticipated old Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, so, Dan, I, I think you're right there with me. Uh, yeah, I have literally sessioned this idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, sessioned it. You have uh, good lacing on the uh, on the glass there from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a just a really refreshing, nice sessionable beer I, I don't know what else to say about it i i'm gonna bring it up again crushable yeah for sure um you know we have a we have somebody in in our chat uh loyal listener uh andy man uh andrew he said he, you know he hasn't hasn't been to your brewery yet but he's looking forward to checking it out this weekend so uh check out the session ipa you won't regret it yeah definitely this is um this has me written all over it. This, yeah. is, this is my kind of beer right here. Yeah, this is a, I mean, this is going to be one that, uh, you know, we, we keep talking about. Um, but yeah, cheers on that, guys. That was a, a very, very enjoyable beer. Um, so that was a Fast Tracker Session IPA. Um, so we're going to move on to our second beer of the night. Second beer has got a little history behind it. I'm looking at this uh, description. So yes. I'm excited to uh, hear about this one. Yeah, so um, we are we're going to be drinking the Bloodhound Brown Ale. Um, Love myself an English brown. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is uh, you know a brown ale, and uh, like uh, we mentioned before, if you want to learn more about this beer um, or see you know if you don't remember what we drank, you want to go back and uh, and see what we drank on the episode. You can check us out on Untapped. At Best Best Friends Pod. That's at Best Best Friends P O D. All right. Um, I love Todd's reaction to my <laughs> POD hype every time. I, I I sit there and I get I get all hyped up about it. I just look over to see what Todd's thinking. I'm a crazy metalhead. And- <laughs> uh, it's What's okay. The- so am I. But you know, <laughs> I'll still hold POD close to my heart. <laughs> We all made mistakes in 1998. It's okay. Well, look, we, you know, I got that new metal. Yeah, we all (laughs) listen to new metal. Come on, (laughs) it was all in our CD wallets. Remember those CD wallets? Yep, yep. (laughs) I do. Has one in his car. (laughs) I still got it. Still holding on strong. I think I have a C. I have a a CD wallet somewhere. You used to call your CD wallet and then your DVD wallets the Bible because yeah. all you ever did, you were the king of pirating yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. I just, I would just text this guy and be like, hey, Tom, um, <laughs> did you get that new album yet? You want to? I think I have a, I think, so I have a, my, my Subaru has a, uh, a six disc changer. Oh, okay. I had Gee. my OC, my OCD made me fill that up. And I, I what, <laughs> what CDs I have left, I have like, I know I have like a CKY CD in there, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is uh, I don't. I gotta go back and listen to like see what discs are in my 
<laughs> CD player because I, I it hasn't been used. It might not. The motor not, might not even work on it. it, it yeah, they're not coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Subarus last forever, but their CD changers don't. <laughs> it's not. It, it's not in the trunk though, which is a plus. Ah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so back to the Bloodhound Brown Ale. <laughs> I should get. You know, I should get a Bloodhound Gang CD to put in there. I was that's thinking like, the same thing when two, I was reading this. Oh, it's, it's two local bands. So, just, you know. Yeah, there you go. All right. So the Bloodhound Brown Ale by Attic Brewing Company, named after British soldiers at the Battle of Germantown, we crafted the Bloodhound Brown, an English brown ale brewed with five different types of grains, including rye. The result is a delicious multi-ale that an 18th century British light infantry, infantry soldier would be proud of. Where <laughs> that come from? I forgot I wrote that description. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm like, he's in Philadelphia. He named a beer after a British, like, light infantry soldier. That's like having, like, a Dallas Cowboys-related beer in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Come on, this is the first rivalry. (laughs) Attic Brewery does not support the Dallas Cowboys or any part, anything related to the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) <laughs> you guys are a real Arnold Benedict over there. <laughs> Benedict Arnold? <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> I forget. What it, was. it was from a movie. I forget which one it was. <laughs> All right. We getting down to cracking this bad boy? Yes, absolutely. All right. One, two, three. All right. Beautiful. Unison, everybody. So here's a here's a little little uh something something about this beer, Dan. Go on. That is a GABF medal winning beer. I noticed a little something, something on the side of this beer label. Yeah. Our little 2020 surprise. Yep. A, uh, a brewery that hasn't even been, well, is now officially around a year, but what was it? Eight months you won a GAB, GABF medal? Yeah. Go on, guys. If- Dust your shoulders off. It's okay. <laughs> If we had um, if we had flagship beers, the brown ale would be one of them. It, it was on tap when we opened. We've brewed it multiple times throughout the year, um, and we've probably brewed it as home brewers like fifty times. So, definitely a, a beer that's been around for us for a while. Uh, yeah. So um, let's get into this because I I need to just smash this into my face. <laughs> All right. It smells great. Slancha. Cheers, guys. I've been seeing a big resurgence of the brown ale in the area, which yeah. has been awesome to see. Um, I got so many from so many different breweries mm-hmm. in the local area. Um, yes. Really coming back with the brown ale and all different types too. Different type of English, nut brown, like they're doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've mentioned before that uh, we, Dan and I have been delving into the, uh, the BJCP style guide. Um, BJJCP, yes, Brazilian yeah, Jiu-Jitsu beer yep. judging certification that, that program. It's the one. Um, we're learning how to grapple and uh, and judge beer. So, um, arm bars and beer judging, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we like to give a little bit of, of uh, a little snit, snit, tidbit. Little snippet, snippet. Yeah. snippet. That's the one. Tidbit's a hard I, one, man. I after was, after like a couple beers, I'm not going to be able to do tidbit without getting us in trouble. Well, I was going, I was going, I was splitting it down the middle. And I was going to say snidbit, but uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean snippets like the lesser of the evils that would come out of my <laughs> mouth if I tried it after three beers. <laughs> um, but uh, so the overall impression for a this is a 
a British, technically falls under the British brown ale style. Uh, it's a malty brown caramel centric British ale without the roast flavors of a porter, which, I mean, I definitely, it, it's a nice, there's a certain clarity to it. Caramel centric's um, probably like the, the key term, I would uh-huh. say, for the descriptor for this beer. It's definitely more sweet than it is roasty. Um, it's it very, it, it's like a, it's like a light, lighter porter. Yeah, it's, it's got a lighter body to it, yeah. definitely. Um, which it, it's nice because we begin, we've been getting pretty roasty on the podcast. Yeah, I needed something. Like I said, with the session, I've been needing something lighter body. Yeah. As I myself am not getting lighter in body, <laughs> I need some lighter in body beers. Um, yeah, uh, we've been delving a little bit more into the malty side. And um, I mean, it's just, it's nice to see that people are accepting the older class more classic styles of beer um you know we, we i talk- like seeing good brown ales come out and yeah l- you know, when we were you know starting our like craft beer journeys it was like you wanted like a brown ale you know from the pizza shop you were getting newcastle right and newcastle was always just like real caramel like just syrupy caramel very sweet so it was like an intro to brown ales for me right there i was like ah, you know i'm just i wasn't really digging it and then just the plethora of brown ales that i've had from the local area recently have just reignited my love for this um version and this is one right here that i'm thoroughly enjoying yeah awesome. we brew this beer with deer creek rye malt and that kind of cuts the sweetness and creates a little bit of a pumpernickel or spice flavor definitely that kind yeah. of makes it a little bit more complex and not so like just sweet on the palate yeah that i mean that that makes sense because it is you do get like a little bit of a breadiness to it yes which is really nice it's not like overwhelming but it's just a nice little undertone to it i like that too yeah um yeah i mean i i I like that uh these darker beers are coming back into into style into you know becoming a little bit more trendy and not just you know Stout season. Um, <laughs> My beer fridge has become like a yin yang of just like the dark <laughs> beers and then like the hazy beers on the other side making like there's like almost like a perfect like yin yang shape. <laughs> I felt like there was like so, there was like a Marzen renaissance that happened this year. It was like Marzen and Dunkles got really, really big. And then I think everybody kind of like took off from there. It's like, OK, well, this is this is good. It's like. You have the people that are like, oh, I, I'm not a, a stout drinker. I don't like stouts. It's too intense for me. It's like, all right, well, here's a nice middle ground. You know, it's yeah. not it's not uh, a hazy or a full like crispy lager and it's not a full uh, yeah. stout. It's a nice middle point. I like Renaissance. It's better than the word I was going to choose. I was like, oh, it's like a blitzkrieg of like German varieties coming through. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't use that. I shouldn't use that at all on this. Damn. <laughs> Why? 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 We're so close. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, you have to use that in an advertisement when we put out more of our German beers on because we're in Germantown and just be like, uh, let's go. You go beers out here. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Poland town is over there shaking in their boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Polish American citizens club is like, uh oh. <laughs> Germantown is rising. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. We can. We, uh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That joke <laughs> took a turn for the worst. <laughs> uh, let's get back on point with you. We're, we're going back to England here. 
then again, let's bring it back to the rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, did I read, Laura, that you worked at Deer Creek for a little bit? I did. Yep. So when I left working in retail and we said we're going to open a brewery, I Todd taught me how to homebrew. So I started brewing beer. And then it was just trying to learn as much as I could about breweries beyond like visiting tap rooms. So um, I canned beer at 2SP. I worked at Dock Street for a little while. And then Deer Creek Malt House, I volunteered there and then ended up working there. So I um, did a lot of lab testing for malt. That's where the brown ale actually was made. I was reading a lot of books on malt um, and wanted to create a beer that was malt forward. And then brewed this beer so many times to really dial in the the exact percentage of rye that made the most sense and and made the beer the best. Um, And then worked a little bit as a maltster turning the malt out there with those guys. So yeah, it was a very interesting job, but. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, you hear a lot of, like we talk to a lot of brewers that, you know, they got their start working at like uh, Keystone home brewing. Yeah. um, It's like the Kevin Bacon game. Every time like we get somebody on they're just like, they've had an origin story where they were at Deer Creek. Yeah. At some point. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Deer Creek. I mean, working in a malt house, I feel like is such a great, you know, point to be at in your brewing like background. Cause it, yeah, you know, malt's such a, an underrated backbone of a beer and, and having a knowledge of that, you know, what kind of malts to use, uh, how to, you know, how to properly use them. It's, you know, a great skill to have. It was everything from whether it was a two row or six row barley, what variety it was, how much protein, sugar extract, how, how fine to to um, crack the malt, what size malt kernels. It was all the science behind that. Oh, wow. Um, so they, they run a really great operation out there. Um, and, yeah, it was definitely a – I knew nothing. I thought that you just get the barley off the plant and brew with it. I didn't even know there was a multi <laughs> You started walking me through. I'm like, what the hell are you doing in here? You're like, crazy. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Deer Creek's got like quite the dossier. I mean, of GABF winners. We've had um we had root down with their uh with Bine. Yeah. And you know, using Deer Creek malt mm-hmm. and everything there too. Um and you guys like they've got they've got quite the uh accomplishments just on the wall of like breweries who have utilized them or breweries that have had people come from them that have gone on to win GABF, which is very impressive. Yeah. When I text Mark and said, hey, you can add another medal to your, you know, winners. He was like, well, maybe that's what you're missing from all your other beers. And I was like, you're breaking up. What was that again? <laughs> Can't afford it right now. It's uh, in our first year. Talk to me next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they really do great things and have an, a, a high attention to the quality and one of the best things too is that as a brewery, you can tell them what you're looking for. So if you want something special like buckwheat or smoked malt, you can contact them and they'll kind of create a you know a, this specialty malt just for you. Yeah, uh, which is something we're looking forward to continuing to partner with. You know, as we diversify the beers that we're making, but. I learned a lot working there. I'm, I'm really appreciate the team and they're still close friends of mine. Um, 
So it was a great experience for sure. So what do you guys have? What's on the horizon for uh, for Attic? Oof. Your wise or yeah. what's your what, yeah, what's your what's your what's 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 the big things for uh, the big goals for 2021? I'd say the I'll give you a little a little preview of, of what's coming um, as a business. 2020 was really hard. We definitely survived, um, but had a lot of help through loans from the city, grants, PPP loans. Um, so we know that these COVID regulations are probably going to continue into 2021. Um, we have a great partnership with our landlord who owns the two lots on one side of us and the two lots on the other. So fingers crossed next year, we'll have a 12,000 square foot beer garden oh, on the other side wow. of our building. Um, so that's what we're work really working towards right now is just being able to get this up and running and operational and be able to sell more beer on site and continue to build the brand that way. And then as far as beers go, we're going to start doing some mixed fermentation stuff. Uh, we're going to get some punchins so we can start doing some interesting sours and saisons. Uh, oh. I think just I kind of go back to some of the, we were brewing a lot of like one-off beers for us, but naming beers is exhausting and we've kind of <laughs> tapped our creativity. There's a lot of names that are taken. Um, so really going back to some of these great beers that we brewed already, some of them we brewed like this one, um, the Fast Tracker, where it's like a great summer beer, like kind of weren't necessarily brewed at the right season and the right time for us. So we're, just going back to like having the right beers on at the right time. Um, and then just tweaking some of these, these other beers that, that we've brewed. I think it was um, a great season for a session. IPA. I think every season is a good season for a session. <laughs> yes. IPA. I, I, yes, I get that too. Um, so yeah, we also did, um, you know, we had a lot of ambitions to work, you know, like do cool things with our brewery. Germantown is a great, neighborhood for us. We live here, but to a lot of people who aren't from here, there's so many people who have never been to Germantown that, you know, it's a, it's a part of us and a part of our brewery to, to continue to help our community. Um, so we're looking to do some cool collaborations. Um, and a lot of people that live around here don't know what craft beer is. Um, and so we're just continuing to educate people and, oh, cool. you know, like really reach out to diversify craft beer in Philly and, you know, just hire more people on our team and, and just keep growing our brand. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great thing. I mean, I think that's something that Dan and I have set out to do as well as the, the educate, you know, the people that think of craft craft beer has kind of gotten a, a name of their IPAs. IPAs are just craft beer. That's all it is. And it's like, you know, that's, there's a lot more, you know, I, I had like a, for Christmas, I had like, you know, my parents and my in-laws over and, you know, my dad's like, oh, yeah, I don't like craft beer. I brought him up a, a Pilsner. I was like, here, try this, you dumb dumb. And he was like, yeah, this is, oh, this is really enjoyable. You know, I was like, yeah, it's not all IPAs and Imperial Stouts and yeah. Oreo cookies in your beer. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, we had um, our triple on really early on when we opened and 
it's one of our fastest selling beers and oh, wow. it was never, never expected for us, but they, people love it. This guy, Tyrone, <laughs> we love him dearly. He's a close friend of ours now. He's I'm not going to give away his age, but he's a distinguished gentleman, <laughs> um, but he twice a week was like, it's $25 for a growler fill. And when we first closed every like three days, he'd be in there paying $25 to get oh, this growler. Wow. And then he had his birthday party here and like the whole group of them all drinking the triple. And <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to brew a lot of that beer because it's but, a lot of Ubers. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, I think that's the cool thing is we kind of have that mix of that. Those people who are chasing the hazy IPAs, which 2020 hazy IPAs kept our business going. So they still will. We'll brew them <laughs> for sure. But we yeah. have 14 taps and we do the people coming in asking for the Pilsners, the Belgian blondes, sour beers, if we don't have a sour on, it's every day you get people asking for them. Um, dark beers. So it's cool because Brown we, is one of our best sellers. Yeah, we awesome. people are asking for a lot of different things. And it's cool that we can, you know, we don't have to have seven IPAs on and people can still, you know, be happy and get excited when a different beer comes out. Yeah, that, um, I mean, that's really great to hear because that was that was kind of a that kind of like stuck in our crawl for the, you know, the first part of this whole, uh, the pandemic and our, well, I mean, the first part of our podcast was it, it got to a point where it was like every brewery was doing like 10 hazy IPAs and then they would like slide in like, Oh, here's a lager. And it was like, all right, I, you know, mm -hmm. let's, let's get, uh, let, let's steer away from, this is a soapbox that Tom has been prepared to die on since we started. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I love, I've always been a, a variety is the spice of life. And you know, it's, I'm always a big fan of variety. I like to see a brewery that is doing different styles. Oh, yeah. If they got a resume, yeah. you know, you look, you're looking at the menu. And you want to go and see a chalkboard filled with different styles. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it just, it, it became like, I don't know, somehow it just became, it's hazy or it's nothing. Yeah. And you know, that was, a, it was a, th those were the dark days of 2020. I mean, it was, <laughs> a, a, you know, as far as being a, a beer drinker, you know, yeah. it, it, I think there's, there's, I think there's, there's great days ahead of us. I think a lot of, you know, I, I do pay attention to a lot of the industry stuff coming out and lagers, pilsners, fastest growing beer category, yeah. um, Mexican lagers, huge in this country mm -hmm. right now. Um, you love so, to see it. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of, I think it's just about embracing the diversity and right. definitely knowing that, you know, if you look out in your tap room and everyone looks the same, then there's a good chance they're only going to be familiar with a couple styles of beer. But if you look out in your tap room and you see a lot of different looking people, and I mean that like age, gender, everything, then they're going to want a diverse beers. And Bogdan, somebody who's been in brewing for a long time, I think that was one of his things is just getting burnt out from brewing the same beer over and over and over again. So a lot of our conversations revolve around allowing him to have that creativity. Us, that was our, both of us as home brewers, like you have to have that creativity. When we were Definitely. brewing the same beers, it gets exhausting and, 
and you, you you just start to become jaded to the whole thing of you know yeah you, you know you you get to become a you know we've we've kind of coined this term a craft beer curmudgeon yeah you know, <laughs> where you you know if you're you have to pump out you know a thousand of the same beer because that's what's selling and yeah I think that's what yeah I mean it it's become to the point where people are getting like burned out on the style and it's like and they're taking it out on the style which is you know it's it's not it's it's not it's not the hazy IPA's fault it's it's the people who yeah. are buying it yeah there's nothing wrong with a hazy IPA it's just that when the demand gets so high that your only choice is oh can I I want to get a, a, a you know a four pack for the weekend I can get this hazy IPA or this hazy IPA or this hazy IPA with marshmallow in it. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it gets it, it gets to be wearing on you. You know, when you, you're like, yeah, I want something nice and crispy. And, you know, the brewery's like, uh, the brewery's like, oh, no, we only have these smoothie uh, sours. It's like P.O.D. Sure, it was awesome when it first came out. But when you start hearing that at the X Games all the time, you know, excuse me, start start to excuse me. No, it'll never burn out for me. I listened to it on the way to the grocery store today. Damn, Sonny Sandoval might be listening to this. I know. I hope. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we've had Sonny on the podcast, by the way, if you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you want to go back and look at our back catalog, uh, Sonny Sandoval, the lead singer of P.O.D., sent us a very nice message. Very nice cameo over the holidays. Yeah, I forget what episode that was. That was our holiday episode. I think it was 48. 48, maybe? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Sonny Sandoval, POD, podcast listener. We totally didn't pay for that cameo. No, no, no. It wasn't cameo. No, he just sent, he sent. He we t- didn't pay for that quote cameo. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, brown ale. Brown ale, Dan. Brown ale. Um, this Solid, is delicious. Even Super. like as it's warming up, it's still just holding. Which I, I mean, I like a, a a brown ale or you know any kind of darker malty beer. I like it to, to mellow out a little bit, get a little bit down to, to room temperature. Yeah, um, you know, it's sk- better when it gets warmer. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Which I guess is the that's the British style of drinking beer. They don't drink cold Cel- beer. Cellar temp. Yeah. So the soldier on the can is actually um, Todd reenacts with the 40th of foot. So this is a silhouette of one of his co-soldiers or whatever you call it. I thought you were about to say it was the silhouette of Todd. I was going to be like, Oh no, no, it could be, it could be. Um, (laughs) So we, when we brewed this beer, we would put it into the Firkins and they would bring it out to their reenacting events and drink it right Uh, now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. It's definitely, um, uh, 40th of foot British light infantry reenactor approved. Ah, very cool. So is that why you wore the red hoodie today, Todd? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Red coats all the way. (laughs) Um, so you're thinking about uh, the 12,000 square foot beer garden, which I'm thinking I mean, that, about it. That's an awesome, I mean, that would be an awesome location for that because it, you're not going to be able to miss it. It'll be a little, it's going to be a little tough, a little tough to find uh, at first, but anybody who's been here, it, it's next door. The idea is that if it works out, we'll connect the spaces permanently through our building in 2022 okay. or 2023, whenever. But the, this, we were, you know, blessed having a parking lot that we could set up our beer garden in for 2021. But 
our rent's expensive and we need to sell more draft beer. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried about, uh, parking when I, uh, when I, I was getting ready to parking is always there. a plus down Philly. I was like, Oh man, am I going to have to do street parking? And then I pulled up and you have that nice big parking lot. It's like, Oh, this is so luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> fills up like that too. Yeah. People parking in all kinds of weird spots oh, when it fills up. But, <laughs> but take what we can get. It's there and, and we're grateful to have it. Yeah. So yeah, having this, like I, our landlord, like I said, they're, they're great. We kind of pitched the idea and then they immediately started bringing in bulldozers and like clearing the rubble. There were some overgrown trees and some like remnants of old buildings. Um, and they're excited to help us get it off the ground. Um, so fingers crossed we can make it happen. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but it should be cool. Really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Dan, I was going to actually, I kind of wanted to circle back to the GABF for 2020 on this. What was the, um, what was the submission process like for this beer? So we um, submitted five beers to GABF. Okay. Um, and it was definitely a little bit rushed. Everything that we did in 2020 was always behind. Um, so we, at the beginning of the year, we had talked about it. You know, are we like, what are we doing? Are we going to the craft brewers conference? Are we going to GABF? Are we submitting beers? Are we going to try to pour and, just kind of gauging an interest. We kind of, Bogdan is our third. I keep pointing like he's at the end here, but he's not there. <laughs> uh, but I had to really push that Bogdan is not, he he's not a fan of like the awards. He doesn't think that it, it does anything or, or has any merit to it. But I pushed for it and I said, I want to do it. Um, and then Todd was on board with it as well. So you pay, you follow their calendar, you uh, register that you want to do it, then you register the brands. Um, and really up until you submit it, I believe, you have the opportunity to change brands, but you can't change the quantity of beers that you're submitting. Okay. So we kind of went through some of our flagships, beers that we had brewed that we were proud of. Um, and then depending on the category. So we did a hazy IPA. That's a huge category. So I think we had to submit... <laughs> 10, 10, 16-ounce cans. Oh, wow. So it's a it's a big quantity of beer. For the brown ale, we maybe had to do six, I want to say maybe six cans. So that's really the biggest cost is the shipping of the beer. And then that whole worry about, is it going to be in the back of a hot UPS truck somewhere along the way? Um, are the cans going to open yeah. if it's on a plane or like whatever happens? But process really wasn't that hard. I know in previous years, places like Iron Hill have kind of stepped up and done like a group shipping where I didn't reach out to them, but I know they've done it before where oh. all the breweries kind of drop off their beer and then they're just sending a truck out or something. Oh, or that's cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That's really cool to hear that like a, a bigger franchise brewery type place is, yeah, it's know, like fronting the, helping uh, out with the, you know, the local. But the of the five beers, yeah, it was, I didn't reach out to them because like I said, we're always behind. So we actually canned the brown ale to be shipped out the same day it came out of the bright tank. And that oh, was wow. the absolute <laughs> last day that we could send it. And the brown ale was the one like, okay, if it doesn't make, we had to set the order of beers. I was like, all right, I guess if the brown ale is the one that gets cut, it gets cut. And then the brown ale was the one that won the bottle. <laughs> so like, Thank God that didn't get cut. 
it's crazy to hear the amount that goes out there. I feel like I imagine like a wooden crate, like the end of Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark, exactly. just like going out to like this warehouse of all these other wooden crates from other breweries. And they're just back there waiting. It's funny. And it's why we're the best, best friends podcast. What do you think of that? Too? It, it, the exact same <laughs> image I had. It's just the guy wheeling the crate, just a wooden crate that says attic just, on it, just, just putting panning, it right next to another like brewery, just panning it out to crates upon crates upon crates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Brewers Association who hosts that, they, they definitely have their stuff together because you're getting they're probably getting ours were in all kinds of wonky boxes, <laughs> multiple boxes, like whatever I could find, a bunch of bubble wrap. Um, the best part was, though, that they encourage you to send beers to the volunteers who then have to sort all the beer. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, we're sending out unlabeled cans, which look generic. And then, of course, I put together like all these labeled cans with like thank you notes on all of them, like. <laughs> Come on, make sure my beer stays cold before it gets shattered. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I need to. We need to figure out a way to go. How do we? How do we? Yeah. yeah how, how how do we vote or how do we become volunteers for this? I don't know. Well, we'll I think you doing that BJCP. I think that's what they do. Is like that's one of the tiers to being able to judge the beer is that you volunteer. Or maybe something involved with that. All right, all right, all right. Okay. You just show up with a T-shirt that says volunteer and you're like, I'm just here to help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we can get some credentials made like some oh, I can I can falsify some things. Did you just make a black shirt that says volunteer on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have so many pockets in it? There's so many secret pockets. Why are you wearing cargo pants? It's not 1998. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Why do you look like you're going to go bomb a market? <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> um so we didn't we were gonna put the results up in the brewery that day and like live feed it in the tap room and then we were like yeah but if we don't win i, I don't want it showing <laughs> you put too many beers in so we went home and then when we won it was like what happened <laughs> they said our name did that really happen you need to get you need to get like a banner made up that you can like re hoist up into the into the uh, rafters <laughs> oh, yeah. a little ceremony smoke things when we win like a yellow <laughs> <silver> bronze let's <laughs> get it like a pennant like when you go to see the flyers play and you just see yeah. it right over there right yeah 2020 <laughs> <laughs> you could just like hang it and maybe like hang todd's like red coat uniform next to it and everything too <laughs> you can re you can retire his, his jersey <laughs> shoot some muskets yeah. oh, a 21 be, musket salute oh god that'd be awesome oh, man. um good thing right. there was a pandemic going on and we weren't allowed to do any of this cool can you, stuff oh, can you imagine a tennis elbow from doing a 21 musket salute <laughs> one <laughs> ah god damn it <laughs> yeah. it was a big mistake giving us your personal number because now we're going to give you the all these cool ideas there's uh, unrealistic things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, every announcement. Mine's, mine's gonna be all 18th century related. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you guys remember when in the Patriot when he was like throwing those axes and everything? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um all right, so let's get some uh some questions in that uh that we ask of uh, our, our brewers or and owners. Oh yeah. Um what is your uh what's your favorite style of beer? 
It's really, it's like picking your favorite child. Then we're looking right at the taps. They're like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the, de- the desert Island beer. You know, if you had, you're, you're stuck on a desert Island and you had uh, a, a cargo drop of one style. What's, what's that one going to be? Pilsner. Pilsner. Yeah. That's really our go-to beer. Man, they're just, they're, they're trying to solidify as my favorite guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're warming your heart in that yeah. Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. Good <laughs> German Czech pills. Yeah. It's just so good. Oh, yeah. Drink a few of them. You can drink it while you're eating all types of food. Yeah. It pairs well with everything. Yeah, it's just like a great beer. You can get a liter of it and not feel bad about it. A liter of Pilsner? <laughs> I don't yeah. want a liter of Farva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want a large Farva. That's what it is. I want a goddamn liter of Pilsner. <laughs> um, all right. If you're not drinking at your own brewery, where are you going? No, see. Does it have to be Philly or is it anywhere? Anywhere. Yep. Three Floyds is one of our tops. Oh, I like that one. Oh, yeah, we had one of those. Yeah, Zombie Dust. Yeah, that's what we had. Um, Chicago. Great Divide out in Colorado is another favorite movie. That's a Yeti. Yeti is a, uh, that's a top five for me. Yeah. In Philly, we go, it's close to Todd's work, but we go to Kyber Pass a lot. Like that's a place that we go to a lot. So, not brewery, but it's. Oh, was it just breweries? Oh, sorry, that's, that's not a brewery. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if it's a place I, you like to drink at, hey, go for it. There, there really aren't many rules on this podcast, okay. so you know, whatever your heart desires. Yeah, kind of. As business owners, we don't get out as much. Um, we did yards. Was we talked about like breweries helping breweries. Um, we're doing a barrel-aged barley wine that we're releasing this week for our first anniversary, and Yards helped us out to do the alcohol testing on it. Oh, cool. And then we stayed and had um, <laughs> had beers. <laughs> had beers oh, there. doing some branding they there. Some scratch stuff coming out that was really great, and we really enjoyed ourselves there. Like, people are like, I think the last time you and I were at Yards, um, a bunch of reenactors came in. During my <laughs> first thought, as soon as she said Yards, I was like, we got... We had uh, we had some uh, revolutionary soldiers. God, that was five in. years ago because that was our thirtieth birthday. No, that, that wasn't. Was that five years? That was five years ago, it man. It seems so much longer. Than yeah, that. I know. <laughs> that was our. Was th- that our thirtieth? You remember we were like, yeah, let's go down to Philly. It's our thirtieth, man. Let's let's hit up yards. <laughs> yeah, we mm-hmm. went went to yards and uh, what was that the beer? Spot. That was on uh, Columbus Ave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to the old one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the, we were drinking the, uh, I had the, um, Tavern Spruce. Yeah. That was my John. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, the, uh, the reenactors came in and hung out and drank with us. It was awesome. And stayed, <laughs> and stayed in character. It was stayed hilarious. in character the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> granted, I'm one to try and get you out of character after a couple beers. I'm going to try. Yeah. Man. And we mostly true, true reenactors moseyed over to Barcade. I don't even know if Barcade's still there. I don't know. No. I think they are. I, yeah. hope, I hope they are. We were there. We before were, COVID. Yeah, we were, we were there not too long before COVID. That place is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I feel like we have another question that we ask. Favorite style, favorite, or not favorite, but I guess brewery to visit. Favorite brewery to visit. Are you going to make me go to the notes? Yeah, I'm going to make you go to the notes. Uh, uh, well, we did style. 
Oh, you got rid of him, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have many other questions. No, I feel like this has been the quickest we've had everything answered yeah. in so long. <laughs> Yeah, we're 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 usually like around like two hours, and we haven't even hit an hour and a half yet. I know. We've yeah. had great content in this, <laughs> yeah. all <laughs> jam packed into a short amount of time. Um, the brown ale. I mean, again, We've had really good episode names already. I've already written a couple down. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, and here's the thing: it's like usually, um, it gets stretched out because Dan and I are are you know sipping on the beer and enjoying them and. I, I think we, we just, chose two crushable beers. I think we that's just truck through these beers. Like I'm honestly, this being, is my first, like my first time having any of your beers, and this has been, at, like, just stellar. Every, both both versions have been great. Yeah, I'm, the I'm, session I'm, and the brown ale. Not gonna try and bump uh, egos here, but uh, yeah, dust your shoulders know, off, guys. Go I, ahead. I, I thought it. you it's know fine. I was already thinking about this. Like, I was like, this might be my favorite, like, full like beer episode. Yeah, like this is really enjoyable. Like, makes me want to. I mean, we tried to make it a longer episode by pitching Dirty Danzig, but at the same, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pitch it again and again. Yeah, we'll keep pitching it. Don't worry, guys. Um, Mother, <laughs> you should. We have um, this group of guys that come and film their podcasts in the tap room sometimes, and it's hysterical and. You should either one time come and film here, like maybe later in the year, but oh, whatever. You, yeah. We or should. do like a, we'll try to introduce you to these other guys that do their podcast. Cause it's definitely very similar. Like just a bunch of friends kind of poking each other. That's awesome. Poking each other. Poking each other. <laughs> Leads me to my next question. Do you have any child size medium reenactor costumes I can wear? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Okay. I'll find Cause normal. Knickers are just full size pants for me. <laughs> There's no high socks when it comes to me wearing a reenactor's outfit. They're right to the ankle. <laughs> Stuff's all, tight. Shows off all the bulges. Oh, <laughs> I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> oh, all right. I was thinking of like. Uh, the, and the, this is the last time we were on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. As, yeah, as Twitch bans us. Yeah, um, it's great I'm behind the desk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, yeah, I think that I think that get, wraps up all the questions that I had. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I, we rarely get through all the questions. Rarely. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I, I, I think this is. I think we we're, we're wrapping here. We're wrapping up. I think it's time to uh, bid you guys adieu. I know you yeah. guys are exhausted. You had your first anniversary this weekend, so I know you guys are looking forward to getting some uh, shut eye here. <laughs> Now I had a couple of beers. We and here I'm gonna be like, pour me another, man. <laughs> what is sleep? <laughs> what is sleep? Um, but yeah, no, thank you, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you for supplying us with uh, just some really delicious beer. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. First can't, beers, and certainly not my last. No, I can't wait to uh, come up and visit you guys. Uh, weather gets nicer. Yeah, and enjoy some of the uh, the beer garden that you guys are. Uh, and Dan, Dan, we what? have a uh, we we have some some gift beers from uh, from Attic that we're we're going to need to drink. Oh yeah, we got some in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, we got some in our beer fridge that uh, that Laura put together for little, us. A little beer fridge episode? So, yeah. Maybe. Uh, or, you know, maybe just, uh, you know, we drink them, we put them up. Uh, if you want to, we'll definitely be putting them up on our on our Instagram. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah, and you can follow our Instagram at Best Best Friends Pod. That's at Best Best Friends P-O-D. Oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> That's um, the best one. Yeah, no, I we got a we got a nice mixed four pack, which I, I'm gonna tear into. Um and uh Yeah, it's gonna be hard for me to not uh tear into that when I get home. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep it. T- yeah, I'm not gonna damn I, I kept the session logger for myself. It's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I, I that one I I've been looking at it like he sent me a text, he's like, Don't worry, I saved you the hazy. I was like, What did you take though? <laughs> I, know, I looked at that i was like don't but worry. at what cost <laughs> i've been looking at that like every day like don't worry i'll be gentle <laughs> oh man <laughs> um all right uh so yeah that wraps up uh our our episode with uh with attic brewing um you can follow them on all their social media here at instagram it's at attic brewing Untapped is at Attic Brewing and check out their website, www.atticbrewing.com. Consistency is key. Consistency. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, That's what we have because not only can you follow us obviously on Instagram, but on Facebook at Best Best Friends Pod. That's Best Best Friends P-O-D. By the way, guys, do you still use email? Because you can email us. Let us know about breweries you want us to feature, beers you want us to feature. Hey, if you want to be on a guest and you want to pitch us an idea, email us. That's bestbestfriendspod at gmail.com. Again, Tom, that's what are those letters? Best Best Friends P O D. Those are that that's right. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. There's still, there's still one more. Is there one more? There's still one more. Don't worry. Um yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, I got it. Um all right. Um, guys, uh, like we said before, subscribe, rate, review. Remember, give us a review. Bad, good, funny, uh, heartfelt, whatever. We don't care. Scathing. Yeah. Just give us a review. Win yourself some beer. Um, you know, maybe we'll include some Attic beer. I don't know. We just, Probably not. I'm going to drink all of this. It's going to be hard. <laughs> to. Um, so, uh, yeah, leave a review. Um on uh i mean it's primarily apple podcast yeah uh there's only one review out there so that person is uh winning by default so get yourself some free beer um that's that dan uh oh yeah uh guys viewing twitch or watching this back yeah on special YouTube. thanks to everybody who left a comment yep. um hopefully we get some more questions next time but i appreciate everybody who watched and remember if you subscribe or donate, it's all going to Dirty Danzig. We're going to make Dirty Danzig happen. That's Dirty Dancing starring Glenn Danzig. And we'll all it we'll owe it all to you. Yes. It will be a strictly misfits uh soundtrack. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some solo maybe Danzig. Maybe some stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're definitely doing a cover of Mother. Yeah. <laughs> um father yeah <laughs> don't put me in the corner baby <laughs> i wish that didn't happen but it did it did um all right um yeah dan what do you think i thought you had one more drop 
I do. It, it's coming at the end. Oh, okay. You know, you know what is which one that is. Oh, okay. What do you what do you think about that? Uh, I yeah. I mean, first impressions of Attic. I mean, yeah, it seemed pretty cool. Tyler. I mean, he's a metalhead. I mean, we'll talk about music later. Yeah, Park Ranger too. That's pretty Park cool. Ranger. Yeah. I mean, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Husband wife. Yeah. Yeah. Tag team power couple. Yeah, I like yeah, it. It's yeah. awesome. All right. All right, guys. New friends. <laughs> New friends of the podcast. All right, New friends guys. of the podcast. All right. It's official. You guys can expect your welcome package in seven to ten business months. 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 <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, Attic Brewing. Uh, go follow them on all social media and check out their website. Go buy beer from them. It's excellent. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Taking yeah, the thanks time. a lot, guys. This has been awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's cool. Um, Congratulations again on your one year. Look forward to uh, being able to get out to your brewery and uh, and and trying stuff fresh off the tap. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Nothing, nothing compares. No. Um, all right, guys. For us, that's it. Uh, you know, just a little couple other things, Dan. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, you have one more drop, don't you? Yeah, no, like, no. I, well, before that, you know, you know, you know how I feel about you. Oh yeah, make me blush. I love you. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And guys, remember, it's uh, it's not goodbye forever. It's just. Always got to end on a power ballad. Always end on a power power ballad. Just come on. Um, all right, guys. Uh, best Best Friends Podcast, episode 51. We out. Oh, wait. Did you forget something, though? I did. Oh. Yeah. All right. Good. Continue. Yeah. Always remember, uh, you know, it's a, this is our second season. Just because the first season's always uh, is over, you shouldn't forget. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That lies at the feet of the Clinton family. Oh damn! Yeah. All right, guys. Best best friends podcast episode fifty one. We out. See you. Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros. By two bros. So crack a beer and laugh at some video. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Hang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalet. A cluggalet. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both, so it's all for me. Best best friends pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan, how could you go wrong? So many pods up there, were it the ones for me. Epstein is still alive, and listens to best best friends pod.